All right, everybody, welcome to our fourth episode of the Tinfoil Matt podcast. The Tinfoil New Era. That's what we're going to change it to. I only wear New Era brim, fitted brimmed caps now. Right, right over the ears. Over the ears. You brimless, it brimless. <laughs> but uh, what's going on, man? We've got some traction with this thing with yeah. people who know us. So that's well, yeah, good. Yeah, I think people, yeah, people who know us tend to like it. We got, we, we, uh, I like how uh, the, the half guard thing seemed to spark a discussion. A really a good discussion. Bit, at least in our little neck of the woods. Yes. As it, as it should, because you don't, you don't even have half of a guard. You have a quarter of a guard. <laughs> You're holding on to one leg for dear life, hoping that you can make something happen. And don't get me started with the deep ass guard. <laughs> Never play it. Well, yeah. No, that was cool. I, I like that it sparked discussion within our community and our, our, our group of training people. But... um. You know, speaking of training, this uh, this past week has been pretty fire with being exposed to high level, uh, high level um, competitors, world class coaches, like really great individuals in the sport. I started off at uh, Hart BJJ in Conchok in PA, good old Conchi PA, working with Fionn Davies. Her, uh, she did a whole seminar on passing the guard, and it was so crisp and so like perfect it was really awesome i think uh my biggest first of all she's just an awesome person she's a super funny very chill very like down to earth um uh at hearts it's a giant warehouse space if you've never been there before it's a giant warehouse space huge huge mat rooms and uh because it's one of those old warehouses out in the middle of conchi pa they have like the um like giant fans just blowing yeah, the whole yeah. time. So it was pretty funny, like her trying to like uh, talk over the fans, uh, but at the same time trying to make really good jokes. So you had like it forced everyone to like come in real close and listen to her, what she had to say. Then she was like, you got to make your body look like a Pringles crisp. And I was like, well, a Pringles crisp. <laughs> Excuse me. It's a chip. Uh, and then she made some other like really funny comments. And it was like, it was, it was pretty cute, pretty adorable. Um, but I think the coolest thing that I took away, it's like, one of my favorite styles of passing from like the headquarters position and moving side to side off those headquarters position and having specific reactions based on um, how to like where your partner's knee line is. So it's like the classic like smash pass, knee cut, or if you're in the middle, you kind of just do that quick hip switch. Um, it's like kind of like a little bit better version of the uh, uh, instead of like trying to do like um, a leg drag, not a leg drag, like a quick like X pass. Yeah. Uh, it's just that quick switch of the hips. Like I call it the shotgun pass because I learned it from like the yeah. hip. Arrows. I think some people call it hip switch. Just a quick hip switch, and you're just in and out of that. And so that's then, her answer when when they're kind of their knee is kind of straight up. Yeah, when they're straight up and they're and they're really fighting you to go each side. So like, I really always dig when a high level competitor who's like a, a world champion in her, in her own right, high like got silver at ADCC. Yeah, I think she lost to a Bia Mosquito. Yeah, she no. Had- the, Who's, who's, who's she beat Bia? Yeah, she broke her arm. That's the one who she broke her arm. Uh, I forget who she lost to. Basilio? I might have been it might have been Bia. Bia Basilio. Yeah, it might have yeah, been yeah. her. And then um, you know, she got silver medals at this pa- this l- l- last pans and has been all over the world just really getting after it. So it was cool to see like reaffirming that the style of passing that I always default to is really like a good, like world class level of uh, of technique that she just like cut all the fat off of yeah i mean everyone plays he- headquarters i think the thing with headquarters is like there's so many different variations so it's like which variation do you play or maybe like you have a 
like a template for when you play yeah. each variation. Like it's almost it's almost one of those positions that can be further. You could create ten different other names out of it. Oh right? yeah, like, yeah. Like, there's like a Gustavo headquarters. There's like a more upright like knee pinch. There's like a oh yeah you know like right there's just different kinds away. definitely there's like different kinds of there's one with there's like more chest heavy pressure on the shin right yeah. like it's almost I'm, I'm just waiting for people to kind of name each it's like gonna eventually it's gonna be no longer headquarters it's gonna be like modified headquarters. yeah well there's there are mod yeah there's like a million modified right? oh yeah for sure yeah but like her her basic like side to side and always feeding to the knee cut and if the knee cut isn't working don't force it go back to the uh the side smash um or like like um or or even just even like forcing from the knee cut if you find the transition loose doing the hip switch and it's back and forth between there and i think the other uh really cool thing she showed is like the cleanest version of the uh Tarika plot i've ever seen mm. like that shoulder lock and she's yeah. like because she's like i'll never get a kimura i don't think i've ever gotten a kimura in my entire life <laughs> Because it's arms versus arms. She's like, yeah. but I can use my legs and use my hips to rotate and use my entire body to attack that arm. And then from there, if it doesn't work, I just get the omoplata. But yeah, that, the was, Tari- that was really the, cool. The Tarika Plata, Barada Plata, I'm waiting for that to like kind of like the Meows and, and Levi are, are 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 hip to like the Barada Platas. And, right. Um, so I'm waiting for them to really kind of. You remember like when Darces were the thing where it's like everyone was Darcing, right? I'm waiting for that, the Tarika Plata Barada Plata to be. I just feel like there's more. I'd I'd rather do that than if the Kimura isn't working, fall back to an arm bar and giving the person an opportunity when they escape to come up on top very easily. Totally. So ain't trying to be about that noise. Yeah, Yeah, it was great. It was myself, my, uh, my, um, oh, how, how far along is my wife now? How pregnant is she? She's like deep into the second trimester now. Even she was able to go and train, which I was pretty nice. stoked about. That's cool. It was funny. It was me, her, Lizzie, who works at our front desk at Princeton BJJ, and Kara, who we haven't seen in a hot minute. Yeah, she, so it was just, she dipped. Yeah. like So a lot of the students that we get in Princeton, some of them are involved with the school itself. So at the end of like each semester, they have to do a, like a buttload of work. And she's got just drowning in that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, all right, that's fair. But it was f- so funny because I was working. It's me, my giant ass with all three of them. Really? You didn't, there wasn't a big person that you could. No, like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to force that on anybody. So I figured <laughs> I'd make them pay for me being giant. All right. Yeah. Thankfully, like Heather Hart and I were able to like work together, which was, which was good. Um, she she is okay with me beating her up. I think <laughs> <it is>. no. <laughs> shout out to Heather Hart. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, you mentioned the boys, Levi, the Mayow brothers. We, uh, we were able to hang out with Junie. Yeah. Yeah. Junie on Friday. Yeah. That was a blast. Junie sometimes comes down to train and he, well, he doesn't, it's not, I wouldn't even call it training. He just basically gives us information. Like he yes. just feeds information. <laughs> He's the connect. He answers questions rapid fire for two hours <laughs> every now and again. I, and so, um, yeah, whenever Junie comes down, it's, um, he's so gr- gracious with his technique. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? Um, yes. He's just very open and kind of telling us. And, and I think now that we've sort of established, we, we've trained with him for a few times. So now he can be, I feel like he feels like he can be open with us about, you know, what we do well and what we don't do well. So mainly what we don't well, do. Yeah. Well. well, yeah, that's mainly the, that's that the hard part. thing. It's easy to <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we went, we talked about guard retention. He gave us some game changers there. De La Hiva, which um, I I loved his details. De La Hiva, oh, it kind of perfect. It yeah, kind of like 
because we sort of dele- we sort of developed our Delahiva game separate from like we we didn't have any direct contact with any like real Delahiva players, you know, like a lot of right. The, it's a lot all of, it's all off of us watching instructional. Right. So it's like a lot of this, and our rudimentary knowledge on it. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So and just drilling, right? Like like yeah. what what we get when we drill. Um, so it's kind of, that's kind of cool because it's like we I feel like we have kind of a grassroots Delahiva and we have to kind of like oh oh did you hear like he, when he was talking about this other technique he mentioned this and maybe we could apply it to Delahiva and so like what Juni was telling us sort of well not sort of it definitely kind of reinforced like oh we we're on the right track and here's a couple details which totally made it much much more powerful yeah like that goes back to like the uh the fion thing too is like just getting those like little check marks that you're doing the right stuff as opposed to just like making stuff up as you go or you're following down a different path where it's not worth time investing energy into it or you're wasting your time trying to implement it because it's not it's like uh you know it's kind of how we like walked away from lapel guard right like yeah uh, like i feel like the pandemic covid killed the lapel guard like it was so prevalent that worlds beforehand then everyone took like two years off of jiu-jitsu essentially or like competing at worlds and came back and now like there's like maybe a couple people who still play with the lapel um you know i wonder why that is like i really do like if you see like most matches at pans like not a lot of people play with it like they'll implement it in certain positions as uh as needed especially if you're in a 10 minute long black belt match there's opportunity for you to slow things down Mm -hmm. but i think like it's good in those black belt matches because you have all that time whereas opposed to blue belt and up you know five six seven even eight minutes like that goes by faster than we think especially when you're down by maybe just like one score you know two points or whatever it may be um i really wonder like why like it just disappeared you know what i think i think I think um, so. There's like watching Margot Ciccarelli. She'll, yeah, she'll she's bu- like still she'll the wizard. Out. She's the lapel D- wizard. D- uh, Pato. Like, yeah, actually, yeah. Dude, we're talking a lot about Unity guys right now, but and girls. Oh yeah, we are. They're, they're <laughs> all sure, it's yeah. everyone's Unity. <laughs> um, I've noticed something with Margot is that when she switches, she'll play like reverse still worm or something. It's like an it's like an insta sweep. Like 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 she just she'll never that doesn't ever seem like a one game plan for her. But when something's not working, like she can't get her Delhiva like game going she'll switch to the reverse Della worm it'll be a quick sweep and now she's playing on top so i mean i think maybe a part of it is you know i th- there's a there's a there's a lot of that stuff where it feels like when you're playing with a lapel that you have to be all in to really make it op um like to play those reverse Della worms and stuff like that like i don't think that the the transitions from like a delahiva are strong enough at the black belt level that you know you if you want to get there you have to have that play like full like a proper lapel guard you right. know what i'm saying like the pass off is very hard at the black when i say the pass off i mean like you're in delahiva you have a low lapel grip and passing it between your legs and their legs that's that's hard to do at black belt right that that were you saying that made me think of something fion talked about is when she starts with grips on the passing sequences she knows she could opt to switch for better grips, but what the trade-off is at the black belt level of like switching your grips constantly, it's like that little millisecond of movement from one section to the other section of the body, from one grip to another grip, gives the other person just enough time to wiggle out or change the position where that grip is no longer viable. So you went from having a standard grip to going to something that 
it's no longer applicable in the situation because in that split second, a movement happened that changed the dynamic of, of where you're positioning. That kind of goes back and to the goes, Junie thing. Yeah. And right? even with the lapel, like you feed that, like that's always been the hardest part of lapel. Like I feel like especially taller guys like us, like if someone grabs my lapel, I like I deadlift posture out of that, mm-hmm. break it and, go, and like go. It's like a lot easier for me to break it and then make them pay for that than it is for like them having an easier time threading that and attacking. But yeah, you're I mean, saying about the, the Juni, yeah, the Juni thing. Well, Juni was hammering down on body positioning, which is, again, one of those kind of big concepts that you and I have been chasing after. It's like a dragon that we've been chasing where it's just like trying to find the be- like ideal body positionings for every position. And it's like once you think you have it, then someone introduces this variable and you're like, oh, no, it's it's different. It's like I have to be on this hip and not that that hip. Um, and so like like to your point, um, and that's what Junie was talking about is the strength of how important body positioning is. He says tension. Um, I think they're almost synonymous, right? right? And and it's like if you take if you if you lose that body positioning for a second, or you give the, them the opportunity to move their body positioning in a second, it's it's not it's a game of inches or it's a game of millimeters, really. Right. You know, even we've been playing that with the Gustavo kind of knee cut and. How different is it when you angle your body just a little bit? Like it, it was just like a knee cut that works sometimes, and now it's like this awful pressure that yes, you're gonna. It's like an it's like an insta pass almost. Yeah. So like that, those little squirms, like you were saying, right, are all the difference. And at black belt, everyone knows that, whether it be at the front of their mind or or instinctually. That's been a a really important piece of information i've been sharing with a lot of the students and it's a lot of people in general like i was working with this blue belt yesterday and just going over that simple concept of like your knees should be in a line with your hips that should be in a line with your shoulders when you're playing bottom and we can't, i came up specifically like always seeing guys having really wide flexible hips being like you know knees all the way out to the side and it worked because they still had it in line with their elbows which were connected to their shoulders but for the average player that 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 little detail in itself of like knees in alignment with hips and you know whether you're playing like double sleeve collar sleeve like you shouldn't be super wide and open you should be tight and you should mm-hmm. be using you know your knees as close as not as close as possible cuz like you don't want to like make them touch and then you don't have a really a good guard but you can use angles and pretty much make it almost very difficult to pass and i think sharing that information out with people has been a a growth point for us because that's changed my jujitsu of understanding like why my like i think the easiest example of this for the listener is your deli heva hook how many times do people play it with their knee completely flared out to the side Mm -hmm. maddie lyons just came back to princeton he's like oh i popped my my patella or something like that i'm like how He's like, oh, my, I was playing Delahiva and just popped, and I'm like, all right, well, do do this with your yeah, knee, yeah. and it's like, oh, sh- like oh shit, that like you really, you really fixed, showed him. You got to fix everybody, yeah, yeah, because 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 one like, if you even go back to one of those like uh, Mikey workshops that we did where he talked about K guard, we're like, oh my knee, like how do you prevent your knee from blowing out? He just like didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 <laughs> He's like, I don't I don't know what you mean. It's because everyone's body positioning is so loose, and it's that fine balance of like, you don't want like uh, the classic vibrating white belt where they're holding so mm-hmm. hard that they're vibrating, but you don't want that loose, like almost like upper belt jujitsu. They're like, I'm just, I'm flowing dude. And like, next thing you know, you blow something out because 
your body's not meant to move in that position. And I think one of the classic examples that I do to people, it doesn't matter how small they are, right? If they're five foot tall, maybe like mm-hmm. 90 pounds, it doesn't matter. I'll be like, put your feet on my hips. And I try to drive into them from mm-hmm. standing. I'm like, do you see how I'm like, you're basically able to, if you pad your hands onto your knees, you're able to just keep me off of you for a pretty decent amount basically of time. Ever, yeah. Oh yeah. I open your knees now, then boom, it just collapses in. And that's mm-hmm. how a lot of people like pop their hip flexors. Um, so that body positioning, I think we all as like instructors need to do a better job, like explaining that, like, don't just teach sweeps. Don't just teach passes. Don't just teach submissions. Tell them what they're doing with their body. They think that is, that's a, a been a huge focal point for me. And that's a kind of some of my biggest takeaways from working with or having the ability to do privates or, um, go to seminars and, and, and talk to people who can communicate what they're doing with their body and not just what you see them doing. Yeah. And that's something that I think Junie even touched on where he said, you know, back in the day, a lot of guys got away with that. Right. Like, I don't think it was, I don't think it was working because it was mechanically sound. I think it was working because the passers or even vice versa, having bad body positioning on top. I think it's just people didn't know enough. You know, we stand on the shoulders of, of everybody who did jujitsu before us. Right. We, we, stand to gain from all of like their mistakes. And so it's like he said, uh, the best guys, the best guys did that by, by instinct. Like instinct. no one explained yeah, it instinct. to them. It was hard to explain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think they, like they might not have even known that they sure. were doing it. Right. Um, yeah. So, so body positioning, that's something that's like, I don't know. Like, I think that's, that's number one. You get those egregious react, like those gross overreactions because you have such strong body positioning, even if you're smaller than the person. And yeah. that's when you kind of, that's where the Kazushi is. Yeah. Kazushi. Great word. Great word. Great, Great word. segue. Did I, Great did segue. I, did I, did I <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting pretty good. This. I my so uh, besides um, John Danaher and the, the DDS team all use the word Kazushi when they mean off balance. <laughs> so if you watch any of his 12 hour long uh instructionals or ever like you know watch anything he's ever talked about that off balancing uh they talk about that a lot in judo and it comes from judo which judo comes from japan and um you've been dabbling in a little bit of judo yeah, definitely and i'm trying to start dabbling in a little bit yeah, of judo because i'm tired of being thrown by you or or i'm tired of not feeling confident I scored on a my throws feet. the other day you definitely I, 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 scored a couple ones, they were big throws big throws big action if you will and i was like oh that hurts Cause like, and especially if I don't have like that safety net to like, just hold on to your leg for dear life. Cause like, if you notice, like anytime we do standing in the room at Princeton where I ha- I can touch your legs, mm-hmm. I'm always like, I'm just holding on to this motherfucker's leg. I'm not letting it go. Hold on for dear life. I'm swinging from that thing. <laughs> like I'm always like ta- being able to toggle up and down and I don't have that in just pure judo stand up. Yeah. I can't touch your leg. And that's so unfortunate <laughs> for me. But, uh, we went down to, or went over around up, up into the left I believe it's up, up into the I left think it's just up up into uh warren to go visit i went to visit colton brown um at his colton brown training center which i know you've been training at for a dude, little bit dude absolutely love it man the vibes are immaculate uh colton himself is one of the most accomplished american judoka definitely of he Two is the most time ac- olympian yeah of his generation and um pr- probably of all time he's just a wealth of knowledge, but you know, every, there's a lot of wealth of knowledge, yeah. right? So what makes it special is not only that awesome vibe 
and but the fact that he really he really cares about everybody getting it it was such a great experience and like such a breath of like really fresh air his he had such a vibe about him like such so much energy so positive was like super funny about it yeah. you know <laughs> like when he was trying to get us to finish like the osoto gari he's like yeah you keep you keep going that way and i see it it's okay it's fine it's fine you know you can come through to this side all right and like just the way he um you know articulated and made sure everyone got it and i love the structure of the class because you worked really really hard for an hour like it wasn't like um but but the appropriate amount of rest breaks and everything like that but my my biggest takeaways were just the technique and how like okay if it, it, an olympic level judoka is telling me this is how i'm going to do it that's how i'm going to do it yeah, exactly. you know like I, I know there's no like no like uh, are you sure like i've been able to hit it this way mm -hmm. there's no there's no yeah but for me <laughs> i you know for me and how i, I the way i like to hit the, the way Asoto. i like to do the Sotogari wrong uh <laughs> you know so that i always love that and he's just such a such a cool dude i really not not enough could be said about him yeah we learned he taught in in a kind of a an osotogari but with like um a grip manipulation that resulted in the opponent being off balanced which kind of gave you the osotogari right so and that kind of speaks to one of the things i really like about training there is that Colin knows all the Kodokan. So there's like a literal, like a literal textbook way of doing an Osotogari, right? But the reality is that um, it's not the only way. And it's definitely, it's not always the best way to do it. So when we will have a week, so this week's probably like Osotogari week, right? And so that's one Osotogari. Monday, he'll teach you a different Osotogari. Tuesday's going to teach you a different Osotogari. So whether it's maybe this is, that was a right versus right situation or they call it ayats ayatsu which means like a mirrored stance or a, a right versus right and then a right versus left would be kenkai i think that's a guy in neruto <laughs> <laughs> i think that's one of the 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 uh shippuden, shippuden? okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that i think that was actually in a hente that i watched that oh, one time <laughs> the tentacle one is that the one with <laughs> tentacles no but um so it and it's like okay so this is how you do it with this grip and this is how you do it with that grip this is how you would do it off of this unbalance and so it's like something we talk about is a lot is Hodger Gracie everyone's like oh Hodger's just gonna mount you and cross choke you mount you and cross choke it's so fundamental and I'm you know something that we always say is like I bet you to Hodger it doesn't even seem like he mounted and used the same cross choke like he probably has such a in depth knowledge of the cross choke that. He probably has a hundred cross chokes, right? Yeah, Maybe yeah. Maybe they're not all named Every that variable. Way, but yeah. like, yeah, but like. You can't, you can't call that, you know, like, you, like, it's like you see that meme where you like slap it like, oh, this is definitely a truck. Like, they tell you this truck. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Cross chokes here. Definitely got cross chokes right here. <laughs> right? It's, it's, he has like every nuance planned out and it looks fundamental because it is a very simple technique. But yo, I don't know about you. Cross chokes from Mount are yeah. not easy no, to hit not. i think the best instruction i ever got was from lovato and uh he showed the two versions like a lot of the hibero dudes do the the thumb in the collar you grab the lapel and then bring the forearm basically over the neck to crush your neck and then pull down on the other on the other lapel the biggest piece i got from lovato is he drove his elbow into your solar plexus <laughs> just enough not to like you know people's elbow you in the chest but enough to get your head off the mat because you have to uh compensate for the the amount of tension coming mm -hmm. into your solar plexus 
and that gave him access mm. to uh to that collar uh and i think that's a like that's like one variable to a million other different ways right, you could right, do right. the cross different reactions so to, to, and to, different to, grip variations to him like it's a, it's a different thing yes yeah, so, i mean that's the way i think like that's the best way that's what I, one of the things i love about training at colton's is that he's going to show you you know for whatever the theme of the week is he's going to show you different approaches to that and it's not like this is the one i do this with so this is my i, I do right, this right, way it's right. like if you see judo or jujitsu like that like i do it this way it's like you're like you're probably not looking at it the right way right or from all the ways or from all the ways right all the ways yeah i mean that kind of and it kind of speaks so just to kind of put a button on this whole conversation it kind of speaks as like how spoiled are we to live in New Jersey? We didn't even really make special plans, really. Yeah. It just kind of like, it kind of just laid itself out that way. And I feel like we've had other weeks or months, like where it was like every other day we were dealing with, oh, there's a Travis Stevens seminar. Oh, uh, B- Bianca Basilio's coming to town. Oh, oh, and then on top of all that, it's like Emily. Emily is a world champion herself, yeah. and right? Cur- and Two pretty times. much curates most of this for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Adam you know? ben- Benyun, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had Adam over. Adam Benyun really that that changed my guard retention, uh, and it also like to finish the button. I think when you have multiple different high level competitors coming through, and the number one thing they talk about is guard retention. I think you got to focus. Yeah, focus yeah. A little Fo- bit more focus on guard. on guard retention, and which hurts my soul a little bit because we did focus yeah. on a lot of garden I mean, it can't be good enough yeah it never can be right but i mean i'm just saying like there's parts of the country that that having within not just driving distance within like you know 45 minutes and yeah right we so we were with emily kwok junior casio colton brown fion davies right right in a week in a week and it wasn't a big de- it wasn't like like whoa yeah yeah whoa i mean obviously hey, when we're with them it's like through. whoa but yeah I'm just yeah saying, like that can happen on any given week Damn, and there's dude, parts we of the are where that, that's never happened we need to go there open up a gym and just make bank that's what i'm talking about we need to build we need to go out into the middle of nowhere build a jujitsu cult have 700 i think it should be called jujitsu cult i think too. Just, let's let's stop beating around the bush <laughs> let's get to brass tacks nfts man. let's become cult leaders who sell NFTs and have an entire commune of jujitsu? Think about that an NFT, so that you could come to the commune. Yeah, exactly. Where you can help tend to the cows and to the goats. They have something. It's called a DAO. It's called a direct autonomous non. It's called a DAO. D A D A. I've heard of this. Yeah, I don't. Know. Anyway, anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to get off. You that. are trying to go down. But I'm trying to. Hole. I'm trying to. I'm, but but yeah, one day, guys, you're all invited to jujitsu cult. So long as you spend seven thousand dollars on an NFT or ten thousand dollars on jujitsu commune. Cult. Um. Yeah. So, so yeah, dude. We that was a, a long train. A long talk about trading. Now let's talk about the fun stuff. Let's talk about reality TV. Let's talk about our our wives' love of reality TV. This was Flow Grappling's plan. You know, because no one yes. is watching this that doesn't already like jujitsu, except for everybody's wife. Everybody's significant <laughs> other who just loves trash reality TV. Yeah. So let's talk about it. What's, so the, we, what's the last three? Yeah, I think three episodes, right? Three episodes. And how many How many have we discussed? We discussed number no, one. No, we haven't talked to any. Uh, talked oh, we haven't any talked any? No. Oh, snap. So let's start. Let's kick it off. All right. So um right off the bat we had half of our competitors go right love that energy yeah i love that energy i was like i mean at the same time there's only like eight 
competitors, which I think is a little strange, but I guess it's the first, it's the first time they're doing this and you know, money's tight. Obviously they, uh, you know, after everyone got their team picked, they, they went to like the cul-de-sac, which I thought was a little weird. Uh, the cul-de-sac house that they rented and uh, it's it's obviously like a, a it's a four bedroom because there's a, a mattress on the floor of every. That's a good Airbnb situation right there. <laughs> I'm like, this is like I wonder Sleep if they even 16. filled them in. Sleep sixteen. Like, did, did did you did you even fill the landlord in? Like this is a fire hazard, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So like, was there anyone from like the the original sixteen that you thought was gonna make it in the house but didn't? Definitely J Rod, right? That's the that's yeah, the obvious that was choice. the that was the big one, and then who cares though? Because he's like won one of the biggest trials yeah, ever. Yeah. So it's like yeah, uh, you know, Andy Varela is good. That, I mean, that one I was good. looking. That uh, one I thought he was gonna get into the house. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he he, he he seems like the kind of guy where it's like given you need you have one shot to get in. Mm -hmm. Like he's the kind of guy, but he got his arm broken. Oh, dude, so. poor guy. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Thoughts, Thoughts and prayers. prayers. Thoughts and prayers to him. Yeah. So all right. So like so first episode. All right, wait. In the wait, we can't even go. Like the sewer rat, dude. The sewer. It's like he's the guy who lost, but he actually is he on won. the show. No, he won. Dude. <laughs> he, won. he ultimately won. I don't want to cut our conversation short, but like, let's just talk about like if you have two people who, and it could be anyone. It could be competitors, non-competitors, coaches, whoever, whose stock has risen as a result of these. At least the the first three episodes. Who, give me two. Give me two names. The sewer rat, and. Big Dan. No, uh, <laughs> honestly, uh, yeah. Uh, what's his face? I'm blanking. Um, Trab. Nah, well, Trab, yeah, Trab definitely for sure. So you kind of get to see a little bit more of him and more of what he, he was capable of. Right, let's just of. start with the sewer rat. Okay, let's go who the is the sewer rat? I have no idea what his first name is. I'm going to be <laughs> dead ass honest. I just know him as a sewer rat who now has a bald head and one little rat tail in the back he made it he made the joke so he's just a uh kind of a cajun dude from nola and uh uh he had a match he had a match with mike raction where he got tapped twice by a camel clutch he was playing possum <laughs> i was playing possum he went sore rat into possum so he lost got you know should be kicked off the show but no he comes back as a co as like a as a an assistant as a craig, coach or something craig jones brown belt got, gets craig. promoted after losing <laughs> just to troll mike rack and comes back as one of the assistant coaches which i feel like was the plan the entire time yeah i mean the funny thing is he comes back as john danaher like doing his john danaher thing okay great that was hilarious and then he just keeps like He's I think he still has like the new the white new, new balances white new balance. every episode white new balances, yeah he he definitely went through the roof and then uh, yeah, Adam Bradley so like the the for everyone to, for Adam Bradley to get into the house he had a three hour long match with one of the Pedigo dudes I can't think of the guy's name off the Tristan top Overvig there you go Tristan Overvig who Uber, was Tristan Ubermensch Uber <laughs> <laughs> it's the Uber it's the Uber big um, yeah he uh, three hour long plus match. Got a, got uh got out of multiple submissions. I can't imagine what your body must feel like after that. Like I can't Especially imagine. I think I think Tristan had like thirty pounds on him or something. Thirty like pounds, that. easily thirty. And pounds. Then, I mean, look just by the looks of it. Yeah, yeah, pounds. big boy, big boy. And then after that, he's the first one to get picked to go against the top seed by Zach by by Big Dan by Big Dan. Strategic. Yeah. That strategic was strategic. Thoughts. See, I thought it was strategic, but uh, 
So what would happen was he has a three-hour match, and then Dan, his, t- his quote, teammate, you know, the, quote unquote, t- uh, Springs. I, I I just don't want it to be confused because Adam Bradley is a uh, Atos guy. Oh yeah, every one of these guys are on a different. Yeah, yeah, yeah but they're on like Team Spring. Yeah, and so so, uh, Tim gives Dan like the uh, the uh, go ahead to pick because they beat everyone in an arm wrestling match. All right, so I we we are very we need to recenter, but like there's so <laughs> much to talk about. Like what the fuck? It's 275 pound Big Dan. There's no one even. Within like seventy pounds of the guy, Andrew Tackett was like, "Let's go, hey, let's talk about it. Let's get in here. Let's come up no. with a game plan." They <laughs> like that. Craig just always lets Andrew Tackett come up with a game plan to win the challenge, <laughs> and he's like very, like, he's like very serious about it, like, <laughs> like the hand gripping position, and like you could leverage with your leg, and like all these things to win the arm wrestling. Yeah, you competition. could have everyone on that on that team. All against, for one against Big Dan. Big Dan. That's not going to happen. But anyway, so they win the competition. So Tim Spriggs is like, yo, Big Dan, like it's your you get to pick who, who gets to fight. So then he picks his, quote, teammate, Adam Bradley, who just had a three-hour-long match. What a good teammate. To go against Isaac Michelle, who is the number one seed for all intents and purposes. Yeah, and who Dan knows it's like yeah. they used to be training. They yeah. used to train together, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. at with like Danaher or DDS, whatever. So they've trained together before. So you kind of know where where he's at. Even you're right, and and then you pick that. So it's just like wow, that's some petty ass bullshit, bro. That's some that's some that's petty, some petty shit. shit. Well, I I mean, if there was more to winning or losing the actual match, like if a certain team, all the team, I thought he was gonna kick, kick off the show. I thought he was gonna get kicked right, off yeah, the show, yeah. and then. The the winner and loser of the like winning losing team, like the, the winning team, all they do is get to pick the coin toss. There's like no real bonus or benefit of winning. Like how do we do we matches. know how someone wins this competition? I'm very curious how it's gonna work out because if they stay Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like a real world to, no, that not real, real world. world. Road rules. Road <laughs> road rules. Real real road rule challenge. <laughs> That's how I always say it, because don't have that many R's and W's together. Um no, yeah, I, I was I was very I thought I thought uh, the real Adam Bradley was gonna get kicked off, but he didn't. He uh, he he stayed. So he obviously lost to Isaac, and uh, a forty minute match though. After taking a three hour long match, and I think it's definitely worthwhile noting the time. And but unfortunately, he's got heart. I mean, he's definitely got heart. like I, like I know I would have I would have I would have pressure tapped. Six minutes in, six minutes in to, the, to getting into the house. I got six in. I got six. I, I got a good in me, six in me, bro. I got a good six. Um, so th- that that in itself is pretty is pretty amazing. And then I think I think his stock obviously rose because everyone sees him as the guy that like Gordon just trashes. He kind of puts a social media face to the person that Gordon hates. Gordon hates, and it's like because he said one thing about Gordon. Yeah, he just said that he's not unbeatable, which maybe he is wrong. Maybe he isn't wrong. Like Gordon still posts videos of him losing. Like it's just like what the fuck? <laughs> that was like years ago. He's just making that point. making that man's money. Uh, listen, uh, this, so this is actually funny. Uh, side note on and uh, very relevant to Gordon making people famous who he hates. Uh, I forgot about Dylan Danis. <laughs> I legitimately like out of sight, out of mind. And then Gordon's like, "Man, must be hard being Dylan Danis. Look at this guy." And it's like he's just an average bodied guy training. It's like, why are you still posting about him? I've, yeah, it's funny because uh, I think in that case you did Dylan a, 
a service. You hit him a solid. People are legit. Like Dylan has gone completely social media quiet. Hasn't been doing any like beefing with anybody on on the internet. With Logan Paul with, or Lo- with one of the Paul brothers trying to get like a boxing match with Khabib or whatever <laughs> ratchet nonsense he was thinking or about. Or a wrestling match with Paul. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I like like completely forgot about him, and boom, Gordon. Yeah, got to got to still hate on this one Let's guy. So, hold on. Yeah, so let's reel it in for a second. Can we just so we so so your big your two big winners are Adam Bradley, yes, and the sewer stock rat. is risen and the sewer rat. And I I will I will figure out his real name. I can look <laughs> on my phone right now, but I refuse to. I will wait till after. All bon pon. Yeah, all bon pon. <laughs> they all turn into Theo Vaughn. Everyone from New Orleans turns into Theo Vaughn. The dark arts. Oh, 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 that's the dark arts, bro. Um, to, but to take it back a little bit, I think another something that's worth mentioning is like the production on this show um it's almost like so you would think that just like it, it would become from lack of investment or just not having enough money but i think that they are going for 2005 road rules production like they must have the same guys on that on who's next as they did on road rules in 05 just like you have jocko willink narrating but the like p- hamming it up too, and no and then way out. <laughs> and then you have like the little writing on the screen when it's like going over the rules like that. To me, I'm like I remember like getting home from school at three three thirty, and then like watching Road Rules until my parents came home or new or uh, New World Order. <laughs> real, <laughs> world. <laughs> real world, real world, real world. Uh, no, I, I think it's definitely like trying to encompass that whole like ultimate fighter vibe yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, no. So his real name is Spencer Fossier, F- Foss- Fossier, F- something, something there. So yeah, I think, I think after episode one, their stocks have definitely, definitely risen. No one's really declined yet. Um, I'm, uh, I, I feel like I don't want to, I don't want any beef, um, because I'm really excited for his career. I think he'll probably have a really good career but dan big dan i feel like how you look so much like gordon and you're trying so hard to affect john danaher it's like crazy that bro. was weird so episode episode two <clears throat> this is where i kind of lost my wife uh, wait this is episode three right because episode two was adam bradley versus the, oh yeah, yeah 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 so now we're on episode three big dan versus andrew tackett andrew tackett picks the picks picks this match but to, in order to be able to pick these matches they uh, have to wrestle bulls to the floor, and Tackett was the only one who really could. The do tiniest it. guy in the house was able to wrangle. He's like a, 165 pounds or something. And what was your wife's reaction to when they? Oh saw, my god, is the bull okay? Is the bull okay? It's a fucking the bull. bull. <laughs> my wife was not take a into. Fall. <laughs> Jill was not into the animal, the animal cruelty. Neither was my dog. My dog was like barking at the TV. It was a great. It was a great, wonderful thing. Yeah, it definitely was funny watching my wife be all in and then immediately, oh my god, the, why I don't like this. The cows, the the the, the it's poor, a bull, dude. The it's poor not bull. Her by why are they doing that? Okay, why are yeah. they touching it? Mimi was like, my wife goes, I know that, but it, bulls aren't used to following falling on their back. It's like it's science, like, bro. It's like seven hundred. She's an independent animal, researcher. <laughs> she, she did a study where they like ten out of ten bulls. Like, I've fall fallen on, on my back, and All I'm not a seven hundred pound animal. Andrew Tackett did straight up stone cold stutter that motherfucker <laughs> yeah. right into the ground. He's my pick for someone whose stock has raised oh, as a result giant. of the show. So he's my, one of my picks. And also, 
Co- Coach Coach Andrew Tackett was the one to come up with the strategy for everyone on like the blue team. He knew he's wrestled bulls before. Yeah, of course like he has. Yeah, of course he has. Texas, Texas, baby. Um, yeah. So they they decide to they decide to compete. Andrew Tackett calls out Big Dan specifically. This is a classic David versus Goliath like matchup. Two seventy versus like one fifty five, maybe. 150, I 160? feel like he's like 160. Probably Something, 160. yeah. Like he really beefed tiny. up a little for the show because he's by far the smallest on the show. Yeah, it's like him or maybe and Renee. Renee, Renee, yeah, so, Renee yeah. Renee's lo- small too. Yeah, so they they go after it. And like Andrew Tackett is clearly hamming up the persona of being like, I'm on the reality TV. I'm gonna I'm gonna cause drama. But in real like it's it's very clear that it's like kind of He's got just super, too much boyish charm. Yeah, super hammed up for it. But uh, yeah, the match with with Big Dan was Low key, super great call out for for Tackett. Super smart, super, super smart, super smart. As a couple of one two big really giant dudes over here, and we're not I, even close to close Dan's to Big Dan size. I hate rolling with tiny people. Like I I can't. It's like I'm not even doing jujitsu. And like I have to hold you down so hard because you're so like inchwormy and squirmy, and you can move out of pretty much everything. Spaces. You can find space everywhere. I have a different version of jujitsu with anyone maybe like one sixty to one one sixty and under. I would say it's a different version of jujitsu. So you magnify that, add another like forty pounds, forty forty to fifty pounds on on each of us, way more height on this on Big Dan. Like I don't understand why you thought it was solid to pull someone in of that size to try to like get their legs like the, his Andrew Tackett's entire leg is the size of your shin so to be able to wrap that up is like really really yeah tough. yeah I mean if you haven't watched his show basically Dan Dan six seven two seventy five he comes in immediately sits to guard I respect that move as a big dude who never wants, like, I always want to play a very tr- strategic and tactical. I want to be very tactical and beautiful in my jiu-jitsu. I don't want to just, like, of course, take somebody but down. this is a competition. But it's, a it's a different thing. Like, do you remember Gordon Gordon and um, and Hillbilly Hammer? That wasn't even that. Ex- he, Gordon was just, or or Gordon, Gordon and Mateus. I mean, he did play guard in both those matches, but he really was winning. He won because he was... On top, top, just on fucking top. Murder, murder, just like just like squishing. So I don't know. I I would have even even as a I, you're so much stronger than this kid. Just 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 get up, collar tie, just try to slam his face into the mat. Yeah, but I mean it was perfect because everything was really in Tackett's on Tackett's side. Uh, yeah. Craig, who knows knows Big Dan's game. Yeah, he knows what he doesn't like, and he was right. He's like very he's gonna get right. frustrated. Gonna just get keep co- heavy collar just ties. Just keep slapping the shit out of him. Yeah, essentially, and that's exactly what Tackett that's did. That's exactly what Tackett. Those head slaps, there were quote unquote clubs. The collar tie, they're, they're, they're they were close. straight up slaps, man. Edge, I was yeah. worried about if they were gonna like call him on that, but I guess obviously not. But and that's the other thing. You can be more physical because yeah, who's gonna who's gonna yell at the tiny DQ kid? You. Yeah, you, the t- he's got a hundred pounds on you. Yeah. And as a big guy, that shit pisses me off. But hey, man, you know that's it's a what competition. It is. Yeah, it's, different vibes. It's what they it's signed up thing. for. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, like you see, uh, he defended that's the 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 single leg X classic like ankle lock attempt. Even went belly down, got out of it, no problem. Um, got to Big Dan's back, like just completely like got him in the rear naked choke, finished it, hammed it up a lot. Obviously, got to make the reality TV pop. It was just it was just really interesting because like I think um, 
like to your to your point, like definitely don't want like if I, don't, I definitely don't want to run into to Big Dan on the competition circuit as a plus ninety nine guy. But uh, <laughs> he's in other like, trials. I think he won trials. He won European, trials in right? European trials. Yeah. yeah, went right over yeah. through. I mean, he took he took out uh, what was his name? Grailer. Brailler. Brailler. Growler. Do you want to get a growler? <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was just really interesting. Like, um, you know, I think uh, Andrew Tackett's stock has went through the roof. And I think the way uh, I don't know, editing could be definitely into this. But it felt like Big Dan was like reading from something Donaher sent him to respond to every like situation. It was very, very robotic. Is he a man? Is he the next version of the Terminator? No, it's just an, it's an aesthetic thing. It's yeah, aesthetic is thing. that like it, a copy and paste thing? It's, right. It's sort of like um, because when you hear John Danaher talk, everyone, n- no one immediately says this guy is full of shit. There, it's almost like this like you you've never heard John Danaher speak. You listen to him speak. He's precise with his words. He's quiet. He sl- speaks slowly, and so this you're like you almost like ask, okay, I like the information, but why is he talking like this? It's not how like a person speaks, and it's um, I think there are good reasons. I think I think Dan Hurd does it as like a learning, because it forces you to like I can't be loud. I have to listen to what he says. So I you think there are good reasons in, why he yeah. speaks that way. But I mean, what what happens in your head when you hear that for the first time is like, what the fuck is why, <laughs> you know? And so that and what is that and that what that why is is that's mystery. So you're creating like this this backstory in people's minds. They're like kind of like making up stories and so i think that's why dan does that is he's just trying to be more interesting but it's like we've seen it already dude you have yeah. to just be yourself be yourself man yeah be yourself be mad at be mad at them for filming you on camera turn the fucking camera off i feel that yeah turn that shit off throw throw adam bradley through a wall i want to <laughs> see that as well that's what i'm here for what the fuck are they rooming you together too? such a smart move <laughs> Yeah, overall, like, I'm excited for the next episode. We got the next episode on Wednesday. Man, I don't know, man. Was that? I think that's kind of everything we want to talk about. Was I mean, I don't else? know. Is it, I, I, yeah, just one more. Is uh, I want to someone else whose stock has risen. Oh, Craig Jones, dude. Craig Jones is a is a national. He was treasure. already he was already national treasure of Australia, like, Australia and America and Texas. But uh, you know, he I think like this. Is there any kind of like question as to whose team you'd rather be on? Mm. Like jujitsu lo- aside, right, bro? I, Craig Jones, you'd rather be on that team. You, I know you love Tim Sprigs. I don't understand why. Great I think guy. everything he's. I'm sure he's a good guy. Everything he said has been uber cringe. Like it's just been like painful to hear his shit talk. Like every time he opens his mouth, I'm just like, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> like you're taking an L every time you right. say something. They need. He's got to ham it up. I know, media, yeah, I know. For social, social media. Well, does he? Does he? We just talked about how Dan doesn't need to to talk like ro- Mr. Mr. Robot. You're right. You're not. So you just got to be yourself. You're hundred. You're you're one hundred percent right. The thought process behind acting in any certain way is to Conor is to McGregor. Th- th- that is the thought. Everyone process. is like, I think I know Conor McGregor, and I could be him. Where no, I think uh, now I th- we're coming out. I think as a culture, especially in like like martial arts culture is like we're so just like done with that like it's so like disgusting and toxic to kind of put on this persona and now like the only way you got respect and power is taking it to that next level right you have conor mcgregor who took it to a whole huge another level 
Uh, you have Gordon who's taken the trolling to the whole next level because everyone says Gordon's such a great dude, an awesome person yeah, yeah. outside of the social media side of it. And then you take a look at like people who are trying to take it to the even like further level of like um uh what what's his face from I can't believe I'm blanking on his name right now. The UFC fighter, uh Trump guy. Colby Covington. Colby Covington, right? Where it got so cringe, like people it turns people off. Like they don't even wanna I don't wanna watch this guy lose, right? That's like the Floyd Mayweather effect. Yeah. I don't want to watch Floyd. I want to watch Floyd lose. They don't even want to watch him lose. They don't only want to see anything to do with him. They have Jorge Masvidal. It's like, oh, I'm going to see you. In you had 25 minutes to beat the shit out of him, and you did it, and you smacked him, and now you're going to go, like, you're going to catch a case now. You know, I think, like, we saw Dylan kind of ride Connor, right? And and all of us are kind of turning. I don't know. Maybe this is just me putting my own. Projecting. Project, projecting my own take on it, but I think we're all so turned off of, like, toxic social media pers per personas where you don't want to deal with that. So who do you gravitate to? You gravitate to the, 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 the uh, Australian with the, the smirk who's kind of taking the piss out of everything, uh -huh. which is hilarious, which is what we like was what I definitely enjoy, but it just makes you more real, you know, it makes you like you're a real person. You're not trying to like talk up or talk down or project this, persona to make money essentially mm -hmm. right and raise your stock and i think that is the biggest takeaway yeah i think it's just straight you know you just look at b team and new wave and i know new wave doesn't really have their like location set up like they've been kind of quiet lately i think they're training out of like the roca gym yeah but all i all i want to say is like b team exploded right right they just opened and exploded right and it's because people wanted to be there right? yeah i don't New New Wave has a lot of like really interesting competitors coming really, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You know, like kid Liam or whatever. Uh, Luke Griffith. I think. Luke Luke Griffith. Yeah, Luke like Griffith. Yeah, South African you know, kid. Obviously, Big Dan. Yeah, Big um, Dan. But uh, you know they have Gary. They have Gary Danaher and Gordon. G Gordon, by all measures, is better than Craig. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and he, they have Taza there too. And Taza, right? right. Yeah. Like. It doesn't seem like they have an, uh, as much shine. Why is that, right? Mm. So that's just a, a question to ask yourself. I'm, and everyone knows the answer. Yeah, yeah. You know the answer to that. I want more hot takes. Yeah. Right. I want more, more, more hot, hot takes. takes. Actually, I would, I would like to train at New Wave. I think that would be fun and interesting. I like to train. But I'm just looking at, you know, taking vibes, a step back. Vibes yeah. and culture. Vibes yeah. and culture always. Well, unless you have anything else, my guy. I think that's about it. I think that's about it. Well, another episode done. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been listening. Thanks for all the 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 love from the from the fam, from the community. Um, we're gonna keep posting these probably every Monday, um, and uh, look forward to the next one. See everyone later. Later. Bye.